This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are doing the Meet the Candidates series. So, in order to find out more about Champ Kelly, who is the Assistant Director of Player Personnel in Chicago right now for the Bears, I decided I would go to somebody that I know who knows all about the Bears and all the inner workings. He is the host of the Bear Report podcast on our own network, Overtime Media. Plus, he also covers the Bears for BearReport.com, for CBS Sports, Mr. Zach Pearson. Zach, what's going on, buddy? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, man. I'm just glad that this GM search is underway, and I hope they make the right choice. And so that's why I'm glad that you came on, and I get a chance to talk to you about Champ Kelly because he's one of the guys that the Jets have requested permission to speak with for this opening. We know that he has a relationship with Adam Gase. They worked together in 2015, which was the only season that Gase was there. So let's talk about this. Tell me about what the situation was like when Champ Kelly and Adam Gase, for that matter, walked into Chicago in 2015. What was the vibe like? What brought them both in? And what exactly do you remember about Champ Kelly right off the bat? Yeah, so um, that 2015 year, um, you know, you, you have to kind of go back to the disaster that was Phil Emery and Mark Trestman for two years in Chicago. Uh, you know, there was a lot of things that went wrong for Mark Trestman, and you just kind of see it was going to be the end of the end for him um, in Chicago by about week nine, ten, eleven ish. The Bears just kind of wanted to reboot. They kind of wanted in a way to rebuild but do it on the fly kind of like you know plug in the holes with a veteran guy like john fox is the head coach um who coached in carolina and denver and they want to bring in you know an offensive minded guy like adam gase and along with that they brought in champ kelly so when kelly gase got into chicago it was a completely different scenario from you know kind of what they were doing in denver um it was Bears were just trying to fill the gaps, get guys in here. Um, Ryan Pace was hired as general manager, but, you know, these were not really his hirings. John Fox wasn't his first coach. I mean, technically it was his first coach, but it wasn't his guy. Um, He was just kind of handed John Fox. And, you know, um, Ryan Pace actually wanted Adam Gase to come in here, and a lot of us thought that Adam Gase would actually be a better candidate for the head coach than John Fox. Um, You know, so now, looking back, I mean, um, Champ Kelly's been here since then. Uh, he's, he's been promoting. He was promoted in 2017. Um, he is now, you know, the assistant director of player personnel. And so far, I mean, he's done a pretty good job because if you've seen the Bears won the NFC North last year, they had a great year. And, and Ryan Pace's his staff, you know, the draft, the personnel guys have all kind of hit on some pretty big picks during the draft, and, you know, they've hit on players in free agency as well. Uh, as, you know, as far as Kelly is, goes, um, you know, my kind of general thought was, because you're going to get a, a good talent evaluator in here, you're going to get a guy that, you know, can can recognize a talent and, and fix the pieces and start to rebuild this roster. Obviously, we didn't know how long John Fox was going to last in Chicago, but now um, Ryan Pace has his guy in Matt Nagy. You know, Kelly survived that, and, he, you know, he made the next round and is still on the staff. What do you remember about Champ Kelly sticking around after John Fox was pushed out? What made him somebody that Ryan Pace would be looking to lean on even after Fox was gone? Because obviously Fox was a big part of the reason that Kelly came in the first place. Yeah, I think that more that decision was more um, based on Ryan Pace and Pace's familiarity with um, Kelly over the past couple of years. 
Um, you know, Pace did get his guy in Matt Nagy, and I think when you look at the Bears going into last year, I mean, they did struggle the year before in John Fox's last season. Uh, you know, they were kind of a few pieces away from putting it together and keeping a guy like Kelly, who was responsible for that draft, um, you know, John Fox's final year, Kelly is one of the guys that helped out the draft that landed Mitchell Trubisky, that landed Tariq Cohen in that draft, they landed Eddie Jackson in that draft, and all three have turned out to be Pro Bowl players. So, you know, hitting on picks and, and being a part of free agent moves, getting guys, you know, someone like Akeem Hicks, who's just been a staple on the defensive line, probably one of the more underrated um players, I'd say defensive players in all of football, I mean, I think Ryan Pace looks at something like that and says, okay, we need to keep guys like this in our building. We need to be able to recognize um, play, you know, guys and, and assistants who can see the talent and get the right talent in here. Um, I don't know the exact number of how many guys actually stayed from that carryover from Fox to Pace, but obviously Kelly was one of them. And, and if you're if you survive that in any organization, any sport, you can start a turnover. Uh, I mean, I think that speaks volumes for what you've done uh, for that franchise. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I want to get back to the drafts because that's a big part of what any prospective general manager will be responsible for. And I want to know about what Champ Kelly's level of involvement was and some of the guys that he helped pluck from the draft that became big-time players for the Bears. But first, I want to ask you a little bit about his relationship with Ryan Pace because you were talking about how Ryan Pace recognized that Kelly was valuable. What do you know about the relationship between the two guys? What are Kelly's responsibilities thought to be? And exactly how much does Pace lean on him? Yeah, um, so the thing with Ryan Pace, and I, I kind of touched on before, was you know finding those right guys to fit into the system here in Chicago. What um, Kelly does essentially is he has a hand in in the draft classes, in the scouting reports. He you know he has a staff. There's a whole staff that works on all the scouting reports. Goes out you know the scouts and, and watches these players. Um, so he pretty much puts those together. They have their big board. Obviously, he's responsible for players. You know, Ryan Pace does get the final say in that, but when he has guys like Kelly underneath him that he can trust, it makes it a little more easier. I'm going back, um, you know, to also free agency. He does have a role in scouting the players that that best fit um, what the Bears want to do. And 
the Bears, yeah, they've made some big signing, made a couple under the radar signings that have actually turned out to be beneficial beneficiary for them. You know, someone like I mentioned before, Keem Hicks and um, Prince of Mukamura. But as far as these draft classes, you know, you look back at this year. I, Ryan Pace was, you know, talking about the Bears didn't have a first or second round picks. So when you go into a draft and you're not picking until day two, or you're not picking until the, the second round of that day, and you have a big need at running back after trading someone like Jordan Howard, you need your scouts to do all the homework on every potential running back mm-hmm. candidate. And, you know, the Bears went up, they got their guy who they wanted, David Montgomery, and Jim Kelly played a big role in, you know, the, the quote was uh, really predicting how this draft was going to unfold, in which that means, you know, which running backs were going to be taken before David Montgomery? Would Montgomery be there when the Bears picked? Obviously, they felt like he wasn't going to be there, and Kelly had a role in in saying, yeah, you know, um, Montgomery's not going to be here when we pick. We might have to trade up and go and get a guy. And that also includes, you know, scouting a guy like Darrell Henderson or um, – Oh, man, the Alabama running back that went to uh, Oakland, I'm blanking on his name, but guys that were going to be taken ahead of Montgomery and efficiently saying, hey, we should probably make a move and, and go up and get him. So he does free agency and the draft. Yes, yes, he has, he's had a role in both in his time here. So let's get into that a little bit. Let's start with the draft. Any patterns that he's shown in terms of preferences for positions? Is there a certain way that he likes to go about making picks? Does he go best available player? Does he like to plug up holes? Tell me about his history helping to draft with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, so the one thing about the Bears since Ryan Pace has taken over is, you know, they're going to make a trade in the draft. You can guarantee they're going to make a trade in the draft. Likely going to be up to get a guy. And they're also going to take the best player available um, in that draft, no matter the position. That's kind of, you know, been a staple for Ryan Pace with, you know, Kelly on his staff, too. Um, you, look, you look at 2016, they went and took Leonard Floyd in the first round in a big position of need at outside linebacker. But Floyd was actually the best player available on their board. Mitchell Trubisky was the best player available on their board when they went up and traded him. Eddie Jackson, Trey Cohen. Um, even a guy like Cody Whitehair, they've traded back twice, who is now was the starting center, but is now going to be the starting guard. Um, uh, you look, a guy like Jordan Howard in the fifth round of the 2016 draft, I mean, he came out of nowhere. Not many people knew about him, and he was the best available player for them at that position. And then, you know, more recently this year, they drafted a guy, Riley Ridley, a wide receiver, who, you know, they might not have needed a wide receiver this year, but he was there. Um, in that fourth round, they went and, and they took him. Uh, yeah, so he's had, I mean, he's had his hand in, in a couple drafts so far, and I'd say the common theme is best player available. Um, even if you do, I mean, obviously, you know, if you have a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky and you have a first-round pick next year, they're probably not going to take a quarterback in the first round. So there are extreme, you know, circumstances where best player available on their board is probably, you know, might not happen in that situation. But, yeah, they're going to they're gonna take the guy that they – that they best think can help this team. And, you know, if that's another running back or that's another wide receiver at a, at a position that already has a lot of depth, they're going to go ahead and do it. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Sounds like the Bears like to get aggressive with the draft, whether it's trading up or trading down. That's a constant refrain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, geez, they traded, in Ryan Pace's tenure, they've traded nine times now, and seven of them have been up. Uh, that's not counting. They traded down twice to get Cody White here, but that's uh, that, that, you know, that counts as one uh, trade down. So, yeah, they, they, they've traded a lot, and they've, they've, they've been aggressive, and I think – you know, the rest of the league saw that when they went up to get Mitchell Trubisky. They they went up one spot to get him. You touched on some of the gems that they've been able to get in the draft while Champ Kelly was there. Jordan Howard was one of them. Tell me a little bit about his history there as far as being able to get guys in the second, third, fourth, or even fifth, sixth, seventh round because that's something that's been a huge problem for the New York Jets for the better part of a decade. We've had general managers here that have really struggled to get good players past the first round on a regular basis. Is that something that Kelly has been able to do? And can you give me a couple of more examples of some of the guys that he's managed to land past the first round that became very meaningful contributors for the Bears? Yeah, I think overall as a staff, that's been something that the Bears have been able to do. I, can't, I mean, I can't say for a fact that it's, all, you know, it's been Kelly's initiative or it's all been him, but generally as a staff, everyone that's been under Ryan Pace in that scouting department, that's, yeah, that they they want to find those players. Like I mean, yeah, you have to hit on your first-round pick, um, but the realization is not a lot of teams hit on their first-round picks every year. The success rate is not that high. So if you can get those picks in, in the fourth, the third, the fifth, the sixth, uh, I mean, that's just a bonus. And, you know, Ryan Pace does make a lot of trades, and he, and he, and he acquires these picks that are the fifth round, the fourth round. And, and players, I mean, people are like, why are they giving up a – or why are they only getting a sixth-round pick back from Jordan for Jordan Howard? But you look, Jordan Howard's a fifth-round pick. So you have to trust Ryan Pace and his guys to kind of – replace that because he's done it before um so one of the examples kind of going after the first round i mean james daniels a center out of um, iowa who played really well in his rookie year last year um for the bears on that offensive line he if you look back at his tape against the rams the rams have one of the best defensive lines in football and he held his ground on against that line and it, it was just that was kind of his coming out party where yeah okay this guy can play um that same draft Guy Anthony Miller, wide receiver, who played pretty much all of last year with uh, with a pretty banged up shoulder, still very productive. Uh, Bilal Nichols, defensive tackle, found his way into the starting rotation and had a big year. He only finished with four sacks, so he had a ton of hurries and quarterback hits. When um, you can look at Eddie Jackson, who might be one of the top five safeties in the NFL right now, certainly played like it last season. Uh, Tariq Cohen. Another guy, and then you know Jordan Howard's obviously the big name in that fifth round. Um, and then you look at a guy, or that fifth round from 2016, and you look at a guy, like Cody White here has been a staple on the line. Uh, Jonathan Bullard has been in the defensive line rotation. He was a third round pick. Uh, Nick Kukowski started he started a few games, been very good on special teams in the fourth round. Zach, tell me a little bit about free agency. What has it been like for the Bears with Champ Kelly there? Tell me about some of the highlights and lowlights. Yeah, so free agency, I mean, that's always hit us with NFL teams. Um, Ryan Pace is certainly 
they've had their blunders. Um, I mean, you've talked about the Mike Glennon blunder that they had. Um, the kicker position has been a big, uh, big struggle for them. But they've also had, you know, their their fair share of, of um, hits. Uh, Prince of Mukamura is a guy who was a good cornerback. He's already been on contract with the Bears, gives him stability on the outside, along with Kyle Fuller. But, you know, during Ryan Pace's time, you look, he's also given out some bad contracts. Uh, Marcus Cooper, um, he wasn't very good at cornerback. Quentin Demps didn't really do much at safety. Mason Foster was let go um, after one year in 2015, I believe, to be a very good starter in the NFL, but you know you got you got good hits. You, know, you got Danny Trevathan, Akeem Hicks has been probably those have been probably the two biggest ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Those are both starters on the defense and both very good contributors. Um, flipping back over the offense, you got like uh, Bobby Massey on the line who just got rewarded with a new deal that's very team friendly. That's a staple at right tackle opposite of uh, Charles Leno. So overall, I mean, yeah, just like every other GM and scouting system, they've had their fair share of hits or misses. But overall, I'd say the arrows pointed up, and you, know, you can contribute that to what Kelly has done here and his, his influence helping out Ryan Pace scouting these players. Hey, guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 300. 157 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. What about trades? What have they been like? I know Brandon Marshall was traded here, and like you said, he was traded for a fifth-round pick. But, of course, the big deal that everybody remembers was the Khalil Mack trade. What, if anything, do you think Champ Kelly had to do with trade like that? Is he somebody that Pace really leans on to figure out what the proper compensation is or how badly the team should want a guy like Khalil Mack? What's his involvement with stuff like that? Um, to be honest... So Khalil Mack is, I mean, that's, uh, you and I both, that's, that's a generational talent. I can't sure. say, you know, yeah, Chad Kelly <laughs> assisted in that and, and really pushed pound at the table for Ryan Pace. I think that was just Ryan Pace seeing, hey, we got a window with a rookie, or with a quarterback who's on a rookie deal. Uh, we probably have two years left to win, to really be serious before we have to pay our quarterback. Let's go out and see. Let's just go out and make this big splash. Let's, you know, we already have a defense that's top 10. Um, let's go out and get another, arguably the best, one of the best defensive players in the NFL and kind of boost that up. So I can't really say Kelly was very big in that, um, in, in that trade situation. Um, overall, his role on, on trades, I'm not very familiar with it. I'm under the impression that it's, it's more draft stuff and scouting players in the draft and just, you know, kind of a little bit of the free agency sprinkled in. Zach, tell me a little bit about roster construction since Kelly has been there. What positions have they really put a premium on in terms of investment in free agency, in terms of investment in the draft? How have they built that roster predominantly? I will, you know, I first kind of started with the defense, uh, building up that defense, making sure you got guys, uh, you know, a guy like Danny Trevathan who was a winner in Denver. Um, Kelly was there in Denver with Trevathan. Um, you know, kind of roaming the middle of your defense and going to get a guy like Akeem Hicks, uh, Prince of Mukamura, and then, you know, drafting a Jackson. In Chicago, I mean, we have a long history of 
really good defenses and historic players here. So building up that defense first, getting that defense, because in 2014, they were one of the worst defenses in the NFL all around. I mean, giving up points and yards left and right, getting blown out. So building up that defense was pretty much the first thing that Ryan Pace wanted to do. Um, and then kind of the offense just kind of slowly came together. It really did struggle, though, the first couple of years with Ryan Pace. They, they had Jay Cutler at quarterback, so they weren't going to go out in 2015 and get another quarterback or, you know, even um, 2016, they were going to stick with Cutler and then, you know, use their backups and Jimmy Clausen, um, who was actually got a start because Jay Cutler was benched one, during one of those crazy years. And um, yeah, the offense just kind of came together. You know, you, you fall into a guy you draft, they drafted uh, Kadeem Carey, Jeremy Langford and Jordan Howard all within three years of each other. And because they're trying to replace Matt Forte after he left to go to New York um, and they just kind of, you know, fell in. They had those running backs, and then Howard took over, and he turned out to be a stud. Um, obviously, he's not a fit for Matt Nagy, so he's on his way out, but you can't really help that. Um, and then they just kind of pieced it together. They still needed wide receivers, and last year's offseason was really the first one where we saw them attacking the wide receiver position, going out, getting Allen Robinson, getting Taylor Gabriel, getting um, drafting Anthony Miller, adding Trey Burton to the tight end position. So last year was pretty much – the first big year for this offense, you know, in, in terms of roster construction, they've kind of ignored it a bit without, you know, not, I mean, the offensive line, they've obviously built up, you know, drafting um, Kyle Long and Charles Leno Jr. and Cody White here, now James Daniels. Uh, Bobby Massey's a free agent signing. So, yeah, the offense is just, it was it was going to be what it was in the John Fox era. Um, we were just kind of hoping to, you know, throw stuff against the wall and, just, and hope it sticks with Jay Cutler. It didn't work out, so yeah, they just had they knew they had to retool their offense, and and Mitchell Trubisky was that first piece. After that, it was just you got to start adding to it. So you would say that it's a big deal to them in terms of roster construction, who fits into the coaches' systems, because you were saying that Jordan Howard doesn't fit what Nagy likes to do. So the front office works in concert with the coaching staff. Would you say that the front office has a good relationship with Nagy and the rest of his coaches? Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I think um, the relationships in that building, you know, in their headquarters, they're all very strong. It's, it was, you know, there was never anything all like John Fox and Ryan Pace hated each other, but you could just kind of tell there was a lot of frustrations with that previous, um, you know, previous coach and, and assistants there. There was a lot of frustrations with what was going on. Um, and now with Nagy, it's just, it just feels like, it's almost like a weird feeling that everyone's just like best friends there. It's very refreshing to have. Well, along those lines, obviously, if Champ Kelly were to go and grab a general manager job anywhere, if not the Jets, somewhere else, whatever, regardless of where it is, you would think that he would want to take some of the guys in that Bears front office. What do you know about his relationships with the other guys in that front office? And are there some people specifically that you can think of that he would probably want to take with him if he were to get a general manager offer? Yeah, if so if he ends up, you know, doing getting that um, the job in uh, New York, you'd have to probably look at the uh, the scouting department first and, and look at the scouts that he could kind of maybe pluck and either put in similar situations or the same situations uh, that that they are in Chicago, the same positions. That might be a little tough though, because when I look at the you know those two Jets candidates that really stick out with Champ Kelly and Joe Douglas. I think both are in really good situations right now. I think 
both the Bears and Eagles front offices um, are right now two of the best, two of the better, I'd say, maybe top ten in the NFL. So for, you know, Kelly, obviously, that it'd probably be, you know, a dream come true job for him to, you know, take a um, a job as a general manager somewhere. Um, I, I can't say for a for sure, maybe other scouts or anyone below him that he kind of acts directly under him might want to move over. Um, I mean, it is a kind of a weird time now where the Jets, like, like how all this stuff has kind of transpired. And, you know, it's, it's just now in OTAs and all of a sudden all this stuff's going on. But you look, I mean, um, Mark Sadowski's a big-time scout for the Bears. He's the director of college scouting. I don't know if he'd have any interest in, in going over to New York, but, he, you know, he's kind of a guy that I would keep an eye on. They have a couple guys in their scouting department, someone like Scott Hamill maybe. Um, and then, you know, the pro scouts, Jeff King, Brad Obie, Chris White, those are guys that might be candidates. Uh, I can't say for a fact I haven't heard anything or any concrete info that anyone would move over, but it would definitely be something to keep an eye on. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Just out of curiosity, since we know that he has a prior relationship with Adam Gase, and it's been said that a lot of people believe that whoever the next general manager is going to be with the New York Jets, it would most likely be somebody that has a prior relationship with Adam Gase and can work with him. Do you remember anything about that relationship for the one year that they worked together in Chicago, or even hearing anything about what their relationship was like in Denver? Um, I don't remember hearing anything specific about their relationship, um, together. Uh, the one thing, I mean, I guess you could kind of go back to is they were both brought over here along, you know, with when John Fox did take this job. Um, you know, probably there is a relationship there. Obviously they're very familiar with each other. They know each other. Uh, I can't think of any like specific incidents or anything that I've heard of or any concrete info that would make me, you know, suggest me to believe, yeah, like, yeah, he's probably, you know, definitely going to take this job or just because of the relationship. So I would say the relationship was good. Um, obviously, they're familiar with each other from all the time in Denver and then coming over to Chicago. They were kind of tied together with that John Fox um, hiring coming over. So nothing really specific, honestly. It sounds like he's a very valued member of Ryan Pace's staff, so I'd assume Pace, all things equal, would not want him to go. Do you think there's any possibility that Ryan Pace could look at this and say, Champ, I'm sorry, I'm going to deny the Jets' permission to talk to you? Because theoretically, he could do that unless the Jets offer him 53-man roster control right off the bat. Technically, the Bears would be able to block the Jets. Do you think that that's something that Pace would consider doing? I think it's always an option. Um, I think the timing makes it very interesting. Uh, like I was saying, I mean, we're already past the draft. Everything's already done. We're going into OTAs. I think that'd be something to keep an eye on. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Ryan Pace is Mike. You know, he's he's a guy that's going to give, if there's other opportunities, he's going to give people below him that work for him the chance, I'd say. I'd lean more towards, yeah, he would get an interview. Um, I'd I don't know what's going to happen, to be honest, but I'd lean more towards Ryan Pace probably saying yes, but not 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 by a lot, though. I think it'd be pretty dang close. Um, I mean, we, we you know Vic Fangio's is before he got hired with the with the Broncos. There was rumors that he was um, uh, applying or not applying, interviewing for um, 
other jobs and maybe had a couple interviews over the couple of years past. So I, I wouldn't rule it out either way, to be honest. I just think the timing is something that's really going to be a, a big factor in it. Even if Pace doesn't block him, do you think it's possible that Kelly could look at this and say, you know what, I just don't know if this is the right move. I'm really comfortable here. Because as you were saying, it sounds like he's got a really good situation there with Ryan Pace. I'm sure he thinks in his mind that this won't be his only chance to go. Maybe the Bears come to him and offer more money to stay. You think it's possible that even if the Jets were to offer him the job that he would say, nah, that's okay, I'm going to stay in Chicago? Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, I think you, know, you go back to I mean, the Bears are. This is a great situation, you know, historic franchise, and they, they've finally, you know, starting to turn it around. It's a huge city. I mean, New York's a huge city as well, but you know, the Bears the last you know year or so have, have finally made progress in, in getting this franchise turned around to what it, what, what fans expect it to be, and they have a chance to really build on a winning culture and a winning foundation here. So. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's it's very possible he, he says, no, you know, I, I'd rather stay in Chicago. And I think, you know, he, over time he's going to get more opportunities. This won't be the only opportunity um, out there for him. Might be the only one right now, but as time goes on over the years, I don't think it'll be the only one. Zach, let's say I'm not Scott Mason, host of Play Like a Jet. I mm-hmm. am Christopher Johnson, acting owner of the New York Jets. And I call you up because I'm Christopher Johnson and I know people and I can get anybody's phone number. So I call you up and I say, Zach, listen, Christopher Johnson, acting owner, New York Jets, huge fan of Bear Report. Listen to it every day on my helicopter whenever I'm going anywhere. Never miss it. Huge fan of you and Aaron Lemming. You guys do a great job. Keep up the great work. But I trust you more than I trust anybody else when it comes to intel on the Bears. So I got to know. We interview this Champ Kelly guy. Seems pretty good. What do you think? Should we hire him to be our next general manager here in New York? Yes. I mean, if he's definitely interested in it, he wants to take that next step, yeah, I would hire him. I just think you could look back at his drafts and, and the players that he's had a hand in bringing in, um, looking back at how he's kind of determined the draft board, determined where players are at, where players are going to fall to, um, his knowledge on the draft. I think that's a huge plus. Uh, I think the Jets have something – you know, to build on and go in the right direction, you have the young quarterback in Sam Donald, you have Le'Veon Bell, you have an up-and-coming defense. I think if you get a general manager um, like him to come in that can that, that can kind of recognize talent and build through those late rounds and not just the first-round picks, I think you jump on that opportunity to take that chance. Let me ask you one last thing that doesn't actually have to do with Champ Kelly, but since I have you on, I'm going to throw <laughs> this out at you. Yeah, yeah. Adam Gase was there for one year. Joe Douglas was there briefly. So they worked yep. together there as well. I wanted yep. to know if you know anything about their relationship and also what your memories are, positive and negative, of Adam Gase and Joe Douglas's time in Chicago. Uh, man, to be honest, I don't know much about Douglas's time in Chicago. He was the... Uh, scouting director in 2015 for the Bears um, was was here very briefly. Um, I believe he wasn't. I believe he was with the Ravens before the Bears. Mm-hmm. I want to say. Yep. Um, so yeah, I I don't know much about their um, relationship to be honest, but I do know yeah, he is one of the candidates the Jets are looking at. I do know there is that relationship with Gase. Um, from what I've been reading and, and, and hearing, I mean, he seems like the more um, the guy that that is more favorable to the Jets than Kelly. Uh, I don't know for, for a fact. It's just what I've been reading. 
Um, yeah, I really, to be honest, I don't know much from his one year uh, with the Bears. That, that's kind of an era that we we in Chicago, the the, the Mark or from the Mark Trustman and John Fox era, we're just kind of <laughs> we try to forget as much as we can without the forgetting the important stuff. Unfortunately, a common sentiment among Jets fans with many errors of Jets football. <laughs> Hopefully, whoever they hire as the new general manager, we can say that that is not more of the same. Zach Pearson, thank you so much for coming on. He is, of course, the host of the Bear Report podcast with Aaron Lemming and also covers the Bears for CBS Sports at BearReport.com. Zach, really appreciate your time. Thanks for enlightening me all about Champ Kelly and why he would be a very good candidate to be the next general manager of the New York Jets. One last thing before you go. We talked about this before we started recording. You're from Chicago. You've lived in the Chicago area your entire life. So got to ask a pizza question. Deep dish Chicago or authentic New York pizza? What do you got? Uh, I'd have to go with New York. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to. uh, I mean, I I know know I'm not the only one, but I'm one of the very few that... uh, I do not like. I don't hate deep dish. I just I'm not a fan of it. I'll eat it if, if it's there and I have to. I just prefer New York pizza. I actually prefer, to be honest, my favorite pizza is this Chicago bar style pizza, where it's just the low crust and the square cut pieces. That's kind of what I grew up on, uh, living near Chicago, and what we get. And I just I prefer that to all, any other pizza, but I'll I'll take a New York over deep dish. Sorry. <laughs> I love it because this is coming from somebody from Chicago, so nobody can say that it's somebody who's biased in my favor. Would you back me up on this as well, that while I do enjoy a good deep dish pizza, it's not actually pizza. It's just pie with some stuff in it. Yeah, it's just a a larger piece of pie. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of the best out there. If you're not listening to Bear Report, you absolutely should be. You should be following him on Twitter as well. And I want him to let you know all about how you can do that. So, Zach, for those that aren't following you and aren't reading your work and aren't listening to Bear Report, why don't you tell them all about how they can do all of that? Yeah, you can uh, read my work at the Bear Report. It's bearreport.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K, underscore Pearson. Uh, you can follow my fellow podcasting host, Aaron Lemming. Uh, that's Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter. Yeah, you can read both of our work. You can listen to our podcast on the Bear Report. We always publish them on our website um, as articles. And uh, just go to, you can go to iTunes, Spotify, any of the major podcasting platforms. And it's, uh, it's called the Bear Report Podcast. Go ahead and follow Zach and Aaron on Twitter. Read both of their work. Listen to their podcast, The Bear Report. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.